My next guest is a two-time Pro Bowl as well as a legend of the Houston Texans. I want to welcome back on Mr. Jonathan Joseph. Jonathan, you ready for the draft? No doubt, man. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm obviously uh, – it's been a while since my name was called up there, but, you know, it's a feeling that you don't forget. And it's always a special moment. And I think it's a national thing to where, you know, everyone around the world that follows football, you know, whether it's your casual fan or not, <clears throat> I'd be looking to see, you know, the team that they're interested in or their favorite team or their local team in their city. You see who they'd be drafting, you know, whether it's the first round or Mr. Irrelevant. What, what do you remember about your draft night? Um, It was a lot different nowadays, you know. They kind of speeding the process up now, but back then I was the 24th pick. That took about three and a half hours, Jeez. you know. So. Were you there? Were you there? Did you do it from the Oh, party? no chance in hell I was going there. No chance in hell. You know, we just had Aaron Rodgers go there the year before, so it was like – Yeah, and he wow. was sitting there waiting man exactly so yeah. you know i was part of that time slot and i was the same pick 24th pick so you know you know if he had to wait that long you know obviously i'm not aaron Rodgers, and i didn't have the expectation to be you know a top 10 pick or anything like that i was obviously projected to go first round second round at the latest um i was an underclassman but it's just a feeling of anxiety obviously you meet with all these different teams whether they're smoke screens or whether they legit you don't know you don't have no idea you're just a kid at the candy store Hey man, I just went on a visit to Dallas. They told me they love me. They told me this. And sure enough, hell, you don't hear from Dallas. You know, you're looking, you're checking the depth charts, you're seeing what they got. You're starting to see how the NFL worked a little bit as a business. And, you know, um, obviously, Cincinnati Bengals selected me. They didn't have any draft meetings with me um, at the combine or anything. But when I came back and thought about it, the guy who was pretty much running the show at my pro day was Kevin Coyle, who was their defensive back coach. And he was the guy who lobbied for me up on the table in Cincinnati and the guy that, you know, um, I read an article and he told me the story about how he just couldn't get over a few players that I made in the game that brought it to my attention to take to the scouts. So um, for me, just waiting throughout that process and finally getting that phone call is just, you know, you feel like you are the number one pick, whether you're the first round, obviously that was the first round pick. Yeah. But anytime you have a chance to hear your name, call to see it go across the screen, uh, to feel that excitement and joy, obviously for yourself, but at the same time with families and friends around, it's a feeling second to none. You seen all the cool stuff they're doing over in Vegas? They got the whole setup almost already. Yeah, man, I'm going out there actually. So, um, oh really? It'd be interesting to see. I've never been a part of it, so I'm actually going out there to see it. So, it'd be definitely entertaining. It'd be uh, fulfilling. Obviously, you know, hopefully, I don't be anywhere to where it's not a lot of disappointment going on. Because I think anytime you have your name get called, there's no disappointment in that at all. Are you announcing a pick? Yeah, I'm announcing the pick, yeah, oh, uh, Texans pick. So uh, yeah, oh, for the shit. Texans. So uh, that's awesome. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, um, I'm it's a lot bigger than I'm uh, expecting. I'm sure for sure because the NFL don't do nothing small, especially on the stage like that. You know, next thing is probably the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's awesome because I know they get the thing is like a big walkway. They got like the boat to kind of take you out. That's pretty awesome. Oh, they're definitely going to put on a show. And you know, the draft is getting bigger and bigger every year. It's starting to go from city and city. So I think. Um, NFL is doing a great job. Everyone over there is doing a great job to keep it entertaining and keep it fulfilling for the fans because, you know, that's a big part of their day also. You know, they get a, get out there, you know, cheer those guys on or boo them or however it may play out. And, you know, three, four years down the road, 10 years down the road, they get to look back at it and be like, damn, was I a moron or was I a goofball up there for cheering for, you know, booing J.J. Watt or whatever it may be. So it's one of those days I'm looking forward to. It is exciting to just get a chance to be a part of it, obviously. When do you, when do you fly out there? I'm leaving out tomorrow. Oh, cool! That's awesome. That's that's why. Have you have you looked at any of the tape of some of these uh, guys that the Texans are interested in? I think I've seen them linked to uh, Hamilton from the Notre Dame, as well as um, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, and um, Derek Stingley from LSU. 
all those guys can go, man. You know, um, guy from Notre Dame, I've seen him play last year when he was young. Was that the, the game, the big national championship or whatever yeah. it was? Or I, I know he's flying about across. It. Yeah, he's flying against, across against the Florida State. Against was it Florida State or Clemson yeah. or whoever it was Alabama maybe? But yeah. I don't know. Whenever they got beaten that big game a couple of years ago, but he okay. was flying across the screen and he was young, and um, so it doesn't surprise me to see a guy that's versatile like him that can fly, run, and make plays. You know, be in a draft like this because now obviously quarterbacks, linemen highlight the draft a lot of times and receivers. So I think to have the DBs come back up there and be mentioned up there in the top pick, you got a guy like uh, Gardner who put on a show this year, gave up what five catches, three catches of nothing all year long. No touchdown. Speed, got um, ball skills and transition, uh, competitive play, you know, high level football up there, Cincinnati on a great defense. And um, you look at a guy like Stingley, who's probably, I would say, underrated in this draft because of the way things played out at LSU. But you can't forget about the track record of LSU corners and what he did, you know, as a freshman and so on and so on. So, you know what you're getting in a guy like that when you pick those guys, obviously, in the first round. You want them to come in and make an impact. They have two, two, two what are the Houston's have what, uh, three and 12, three and 13? What are they picking this year? I think they got a lot. I know within the first, like, 90 picks, first 100 picks, they probably got six, seven, eight picks. So I know they got like enough ammunition in the first round to do a lot of things and be creative. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, whether it be a cornerback or a pass rusher. I think you can never go, I I don't want to take, I don't want to say you can't go wrong. I think you can't go wrong at the position. Now the player got to still show up and play. But I think when you got some highly talented guys at those positions, they can come in and make an impact because it's a passing league. You got a guy on the defensive line that can rush the edge. He can change the game that way or, talented defensive back that can come in. You know, you see, we all watch what Trayvon Diggs did up in Dallas. Yeah, no, he he, he got some picks. He got cooked a little bit, but he, he, he got some picks up. Um, but, you know, when you come in as a young player, you know, and you draft that guy in the first round, yeah. all you see is the picks. You know, you figure you can get a coach to come in and coach the rest of the stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he works on this year because I'm really like, all right, he's biting. He's biting a little bit. Um, and then do you think they'll maybe look at the offensive side of the ball? Obviously, you got Davis Mills. So since we last saw so Watson, got, Watson obviously traded to the Browns. Davis Mills, they re-signed Brandon Cooks. And they, I guess they got a lot of a lot of movable pieces on the offense. Do you think they might address that in the early rounds as well? Or do you think it's for strictly defense? I think it's definitely a possibility. Obviously, I'm not in those meetings with those guys or, you know, talking constantly or even having even di- any dialogue other than, you know, I know just as much as you know. And, you know, obviously I watch those guys. But I think he did a good job last year. I don't know how many quarterbacks in this draft would be an upgrade over him. I think they're he'd be the first honest. one taken. I think Davis Miller is <laughs> the first quarterback taken in this draft. You know, Right, exactly. So I think, you know, from that standpoint, you don't know if they get creative with their picks and go out with another guy who's like Baker Mayfield or whatever that may. But now you have to throw in the salary cap, the guaranteed contracts, uh, possibly an extension and other things. So I think for them, they're probably going to take, you know, obviously a blind side protector, uh, offensive tackle or a pass rusher possibly because those guys too, you find the right guy, he can be there 10, 12 years and obviously impact your franchise. So you don't want to get it wrong, that's for sure. Were you surprised they extended a Cooks? I thought that there's many people thought they might trade him. I think, um, yeah, still you can never say never, you know. But um, I think I've always liked him from afar. Got a chance to run into him a couple of times around the city and have conversations with him. And um, I think he's a really good fit for him. He's uh, obviously now watching him in Houston on the TV a few times and getting to see him throughout the game when they don't have any other options. I wouldn't say any other options, but he was the main guy throughout the season. Oh, yeah. He's and he stepped good. up and made plays. You know, and um, a lot of times some guys can't do that when they're the main focal guy and there's not much help on the other side 
or you have a young quarterback. So I think it was a no-brainer, obviously, because he's been a 1,000-yard receiver five, six, seven times in a row. He's a speedster, but what he showed me more than anything this year was that he can run the route tree. He can make tough catches. He's always been a willing blocker. And he's a great guy on and off the field, so a great locker room presence. So I think it's a no-brainer. I think for last year, you could say they definitely exceeded expectations in terms of wins. And then obviously if the coaching change, Lovey Smith is there a little bit more, I guess, stableness this year. Cause we actually, we know who the quarterback's going to be and we kind of know the direction they're going. And if, if they nail this draft, obviously free agency is behind us. What, what do you think the outlook is? How do you think, do you think this team, like, I don't know if they're a playoff team, but they can make some noise. For sure. You know, you look at what the division is. It obviously Indianapolis made some moves. Uh, showing up the defense, Stephon Gilmore and those guys over there signing some guys. So, you know, bringing in Matt Ryan at quarterback, and you still got the Tennessee Titans. But I think if you can get the right picks, offensive line, sure that up, uh, you know, make some impactful picks on the defensive side of the ball, get some players that make some plays with your other young talent that you have on that team. I think you're right in the thick of things with the rest of the division because you look at Jacksonville, you know, they're right there in the same thing. Obviously, they got Lawrence last year with the number one overall pick. But you look at them compared to Houston this past year, uh, which team would you say would have more talent than the others? So I think if they can do that, they can put themselves right back in the thicks of things when Mills either pans out, when David Mills even pans out, or you get your next guy, however that may be. But you definitely want to have the talent on the roster to where you can go out there and compete each and every Sunday. What do you make of now that people are saying outside of um, it's with Jacksonville that people are saying now they're thinking about taking the kid from Georgia, Trayvon Walker. Do, do, do you, what do you think of all that? Man, it, yeah, they kind of setting itself up. You know, you don't know if they go offensive line, but I think they kind of set over their offensive line. You know, they've had their share runs with those guys in the top five or however many picks. So I think they got a guy over there walk a little bit. They like that's really young, and they already got the left tackle situated. So I think they definitely should go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I don't know. Um, exactly who they have over there on the bookends, but they got a young kid I remember over there. So you had one of these top guys like the guy from Georgia. When I watch his film, he just popped. He flies really? all around the field. Yeah. And he reminds me of when Jacksonville had all those playmakers with Mal, Jack, Young, and those guys. If you can add a guy like that to that defense, I can kind of see how that defense can start to form and take place. You know, what they got going. Now it takes a lot of the pressure off of Trevor Lawrence because you can get turnovers and create havoc. He don't have to worry about going out and score 30 points. So, so going back to the whole uh, with Davis Mills, so you, uh, you brought up Baker Mayfield. Do you think that would hurt his development if they brought in another guy to be the starter, or do you think they should bring it in for competition? How do you, how do you think that would affect them if they did make if they bring in Jimmy G or Baker? You bringing those guys in, I don't think it's competition because you're paying them too much. You know, so I think that definitely right there is uh, is not even a confidence issue. Then definitely there, he's going to have put to the bench, you know, hold the clipboard. And it might not be a bad thing, you know, but if you think he's the guy, can be your guy long-term, you definitely don't want to bring someone in that's going to be there, you know, next seven to ten years. You know, hey, can we bring in a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick that you know has been a proven guy that can teach him the right way, go out and win ball games and things like that? Or are you okay with where he was last year and hopefully he can develop and have a full offseason where he's the signal caller and things like that? So I think um, there's a number of the ways they can go about it. But at the same time, I think he has to develop himself and do the best that he can do to give himself a chance also when he's in the game to make the best of his opportunity. And looking at the Bengals, I've spent some time with them. Uh, obviously, Super Bowl goes planned. What do, you, what do you make some of the moves they made? They've kind of bolstered the offensive line a little bit. They've got a back-end pick this year. What do you kind of foresee them doing? Secondary for sure. I think, you know, they brought some guys in off the street last year, and they made it work back there in the secondary. 
But I think, you know, as a defensive coordinator, you always want to go into a game plan knowing that I have a guy that can at least put over there on the number one guy to slow him down or to stop him, whatever it may be. And obviously they don't have a top pick, but, you know, I was a 24th pick. So you can find some value in those picks there. And I think it may be, you know, how does drafts get? Maybe a run on a certain position early in the draft where you have some of those top guys because, you know, you have Stingley, Gardner, those guys. But you can find value elsewhere with other guys too. So I think they're sitting in a good spot because they are a team that's loaded with talent. So it's not like they have to have one guy that's a missing piece or something like that. It's a guy that they can find actually that can develop and take his time and grow into that starter. Are there any other guys with prospects in this class you've watched on their tape that got intrigue you and you're kind of excited to see where they go? Um, I just want to see the quarterbacks play out, honestly, because, you know, the quarterback's not like your typical year with the other quarterbacks where you have a clear-cut guy, you know, is this guy, is that guy. I don't know which guy sticks out from the next, but obviously Malik is getting all the hype. So I'm interested to see how it plays out because when I watch it, I really don't know. I don't get a true feel for it. And I, I can't see the development to the next stage, if it's long-term or what it may be. I can just see that he's a great playmaker and he makes plays. You know, uh, watch Pickett play some this year. See him do some things I like, you know, from a pocket presence, you know, move around. But I don't know. Seeing Sam at uh, UNC, North Carolina, uh, Corral, he's been there for a while. His name's been up for, you know, Heisman, been in several different things. So obviously he has the backing behind it. But like I said, at the end of the day, I don't have a guy that I can say, this is your guy that's going to be your 10 to 12 year starter. So it's interesting to see where a guy gets selected because now he's getting the right situation. You know, like they're saying, Pittsburgh may take this guy. Carolina Panthers may take that guy. Now he's getting a situation where he can thrive and develop. Now he may be that guy, but you never know looking, you know, right now, today. What do, what do you make of all the smoke screens? Because it feels like there's – anytime there's something you're like, all right, we've seen this before, then something else comes out of nowhere, and they're like, all right, we, now we don't know what's going to happen. You know, uh, the more you start to see it, like, you know, like the thing with the linebacker from Georgia, like if I had to put my money on it, he's definitely going number one. You know, it's starting to just be too much buzz about it. But I could be wrong, you know, because the guy from Michigan is just as talented, you know. And obviously you can see Jacksonville need a pass rusher, and that fits right in with what they got going on. But the smoke screens, I think, is more so for the fans and just give you content to read, just to keep you interested in the game of football and just to give you chatter to talk about. You know, and it's part of, you know, it's some strategy in that because if you want to move up, select a guy here, or if you're sitting in this place here and you're hoping another team don't do something, you want to send out some mixed signals and things like that. But I don't know how much advantage it has, you know, obviously once the pick is in. I think once you look back at the draft, a lot of teams probably missed on the guy that they wish they probably would have taken. Yeah. You know, before, so. <laughs> yeah, and before I let you go, I want to ask you, so obviously the AFC is now like, it was pretty loaded last year. It's on a whole nother level now with the Chargers boasting up, Russell Wilson going to Denver, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, um, and all these teams are making moves. But um, one of the things that's been, in, especially in recent weeks, is some of these non, non-first-round pick receivers that are kind of established that are kind of now wanting to get paid early and potentially on the move. Do you think this is slowly, surely like the NBA has been doing this forever. Like the, the guys that don't have the fifth year options, it's like, Hey, I want to renegotiate. Do you, do you expect these just to, to kind of keep happening in the NFL? I think as long as we sit in the CBA, I think, you know, I don't know if they plan for it to happen this way or didn't think it out like this, but I think this is where the game has came to. Obviously receivers always get their money and get paid because that's what the fans want to see points and things like that. So when they do go lobby for a contract, they normally get their way or they get shown the door to another team that's willing to pay. You know, it's rarely you see the defensive player that kind of forces his way out. You know, a few times, Darrell Reeves, uh, Jalen Ramsey, things like that. 
but it's not many times you see it like the current trend of the receivers. So I think um, because you can see how a receiver can change, you know, the dynamic of your team. You know, if it's a big play guy like Tyreek Hill or a guy like Devontae Adams, you know, those guys getting the ball thrown their way 15, 20 times. Or a guy like Tyreek Hill, every time he touches it, it seems like it goes for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So in the coach, that's a dream to have. And you know what it can do for your team and the impact that it can have. So I think lesser guys like Debo Samuel see that and he looks at his team and say, I'm just as important. Yeah. And so on and so on. And you have a team that feature those guys like that. Those guys go out there and lay it on the line each and every week. They deserve to get paid. Yeah. You know, the coach get all the benefit and gets to be the genius and he gets his. Why the player yeah. can't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I just have one last quick one for you. It's a kind of NBA question. Have you seen all the stuff with Ben Simmons, like sitting out, missing the game? <laughs> have you have you ever is that you ever heard of anything similar in the NFL? Like a guy just almost feels like he's maybe it might be extenuating circumstances, but he's just like kind of quitting, <laughs> quitting on his team. Yeah, man, that's unfortunate, man. I hate it because you know I seen what he went through last year with the playoffs and things like that, and he's young. He's young, yeah. and. You know how sports happen sometimes. It comes at you really fast when you're young. You have all the success. Everyone patting you on the back. And sometimes you get to that national spotlight and things don't go your way. And it kind of turns on you quick. Kind of like what people are doing to Kevin Durant right now. Knowing damn well the man has dominated the league forever. But he's strong enough to take it. And he's been there before. And he's obviously an older player. But Ben Simmons being a younger player, I think just mentally and just his style of play, you know, um, he's not an aggressive player, although he plays that way, that style, just his demeanor. So I think, you know, going to a new team, fitting in and see where you fit in and kind of being shunned off by the whole world. You know, it's all the offseason talk the whole time. You know, everyone's calling them out. Shaq, uh, Charles Barkley, the whole set. You know, guys looking at them different. Kendrick Perkins, went, Kendrick Perkins went crazy on him. Yesterday. Yeah, Kendrick Perkins for he sure. Said, what he, he said uh, Ben Simmons is like that pretty girl who can never get no, – no one ever wants to date because she smokes cigarettes. Smoking the cigarettes, right, right. I've seen that in Perkins. But – but to be fair, like, you know, obviously, like, I gave Ben Simmons his due there, you know, yeah. reason why he may not. But at the end of the day, there's nowhere in hell that, you know, you can sit there and be 60 or 70% and watch your teammates go out there and not play. He wasn't even sitting there. That's what I, that was, that was my biggest takeaway from it. If, if you're out, that's one thing. He wasn't even sitting on the bench with them last night. And as if you got any competitive fire, if you feel for your brothers or if you're there for it, you know, um, I always hated when I wasn't playing just because you see the ways that you can affect the game and you're like, damn, I knew if I was there. Like, if you don't have that fire, that it, it's kind of hard for me to rally behind you at times, you know, as a teammate. So I think it's a lot of that going on and hopefully he's okay mentally. Yeah. But just, you know, whatever it is right there, most guys have that switch when they're ready to go out there and play. That's when you normally can get out of that comfort zone and block a lot of the outside things out. Yeah, no, it's wild. It's wild. The playoffs have been great. Can't wait for the uh, for the draft on Thursday. But I do appreciate you taking the time. Um, what what pick? Do you, what round are you announcing? You know, uh, second round. Oh shit! All right, cool, cool, cool. So that's probably early. Probably like damn you, because I know you said you had to wait a while on your draft. So this probably gonna be like what yeah. twenty minutes in the second round. All right, for sure, for hey. sure. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So, and I know another player that you asked me about. I'm interested to see Darion Kendrick, young player from my hometown that, that played played at Clemson. He transferred from Clemson to Georgia. And uh, he played well. Uh, he tested okay. But I think he's a player that may not go as high as projected early on. But he's a player that's played four years of football, highly talented, four-star, five-star coming out of high school that can go in and make an impact on the team. So I think he'll definitely be hungry just by, you know, not being drafted where he expects to be drafted and things like that. And hopefully he goes higher than he's expected to get drafted. Yeah. But just, you know, reading through draft things and like that, it projects him to slide. So 
he's a guy that I look forward to see where he goes and where he fits in and how well he does. Awesome. Awesome. Well, can't, can't wait for the draft Thursday. We can't believe we're only two days away. It's, it's awesome. You're going to be, be there. You hope you can do the little, the little boat thing. They get the little boat ride to go on it. That's just, <laughs> that's just awesome. So like, oh, yeah, I'm going to check it out for sure. I'm yeah, definitely. Sure. Yeah, man. And, and how can people follow you on IG? Keep up with you. Uh, the real J Joe 24. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, always a pleasure having you on. I do appreciate it. And can't wait for the drops on Thursday. No problem. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, man.